Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, we <laughs> Why do I keep doing this? Recording. I hate my life. I hate my life. <laughs> Did that make it all no, the I time used to say that. that I stopped saying it. I'm going to stop saying it. I stopped saying it. have a great it. life. Yeah, I, stop, I used to say it a lot. I stopped. All right. In any case, welcome to the family with... L.A. Nick. Alex Rampernard Rasmussen. Mike Bryant. Melissa Kirk. Andy Rampernard. And Cassie Schrader. Special guest Christopher Garitano will join us. Strange World, a new series, premieres this Sunday, August 11th. You know what's two weeks from today? Or from tomorrow? Two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow. The, your mom's state fair? The state fair is two weeks from tomorrow. I'm so excited. We I love the state fair so much. Summer's over. <laughs> no, it's not. I love the state fair so much. Are you going to go out there this year? No. Yes, no. we are. Me neither. You're don't you want to see Fawn? Do don't I you want to see Fawn with the farm animals? Uh, don't farm start animals. with me. Adorable. We'll be back. The fans love you out there. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. A justice flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. 
It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Great. Oh. I did see migration birds flying south yesterday. What yeah. are you going to do? So winter is Even though it's 300,000 degrees. Strange birds. Oh, they got a long we, way to go. <laughs> we have thousands of ge- can, uh, Canada geese everywhere. Yep. I, They're like, all over the highway now, oh Dad. Oh, my gosh. I you came home what? the other day, and yeah. there was, like, probably 40 of them, like, in my driveway, in the yard, in the street. We used to have so much geese in Dayton. Oh, oh my God. So it's really geese. funny. We just had a bear in Dayton. A bear. Yeah, you, know, bear. Yeah, you oh, said that. Told me you had did, a bear. did you send her out there to take care of it, or? Nancy, <laughs> <laughs> you Hand-to-hand combat. He's looking through the window. <laughs> I like that. Hope the bear doesn't send her a picture <laughs> after. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's a great idea. <laughs> I'll just tell an LA Nick a story about this. That that the first state fair, because the state fair starts uh, two weeks from tomorrow, as we we're talking about that. My very first state fair, I was 19 years old, working at WDGY. I was a night guy, and I was appearing at the fair for, for WDGY. And I'm in the booth, and these four guys come along, and they start throwing peanuts on me. You know, like I'm Who's elevated. it, Passel? Yeah. Turned out to be, years later, I find out, because I didn't know who these four guys were. Turns out it was Passel and three of his brothers. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> So, yeah, and I met him like five, six years later. He goes, you know, remember those people that throw up peanuts? That was me. I'm like, hey, you jerk. He used to do that at baseball games, didn't he? Oh, throw, God, Throw yes. peanuts at the players. He was unbelievable. <laughs> hanging out with Passalt. If, if you want to have fun, go hang out with Passalt. Because, man, he has a couple of wheels. gets up there, starts singing. We used to go up on stage, no matter where we were, starts singing for everybody. It was phenomenal. I, I had a great time. I'd like to get a hold of him, get him on the podcast. That'd be a fun Yeah, he'd, he'd be a great guest. When he's in town... Because uh, he comes into town every other Friday. He's retired now. So yeah. even, but he's a fine, outstanding individual. Yes. That's my... Basil? Mm-hmm. Yep. Which he's a great one? guy. He's a wonderful, Which one? wonderful person. Jeff yeah, Jeff's a wonderful Which, person. Which Basil he's are you He's a great guy. <laughs> worked hard his whole life. He's a fellow crony with me. We both have Crohn's disease, so oh, we have that's that right. in he common. Is a crony. Yeah, but he's really overall very healthy. He's yeah. a good guy. What is wrong <laughs> with you? What are you, high? No. I mean, you're you're never this high. I represent him in the fall case. Oh, that's right. Never never mind. That's why That's why he's retired. Next day on the asshole pain. That's why he's retired. Yes. Well, Michael said you're going to have to retire. You're too crippled up. <laughs> you're unbelievable. You're amazing. Well, he got that big paycheck. So. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you, I can't get into the particulars of this, but I, I called Michael last night to ask him a legal question about somebody else. And before I could tell him what the problem was, he told me what the sentence would be for. <laughs> I was like, damn. Apparently you know the law pretty well. That's that's a little bit. That's good for you. Don't you been think it's doing good for this you a little while. A little yeah. while. How long you been? How long you been practicing law? Well, I did uh, personal injury as while well, I was in law school for three years, and then I got out in '91. So I've been a lawyer since '91. But how can you how can you do personal injury without a license? I was a law clerk. I worked. I did everything but oh. went to court. So well, you did. Yeah, Stephen Gross von Holtem. So we had a great. Stephen Gross and von Holtem. Wonderful. God, he used to get mad at me all the time. Who? Harry. Oh, Harry. 
Is he got? <laughs> you his voice. Here's a yeah. Uh, you doing, I heard he's a great guy. Are you he is doing a great guy. like an ad blitz right now? Am I? Yeah. So no, I hear I don't ads think so. everywhere. Yeah. No, know. what have you been listening to KQ Morning Show? It's all we were talking about. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Damn Doug Sprinthal and Dan Jessica. What is that? His ads are all other places too. Steve. Yeah, K Fan and, yeah. and we had some CCO stuff because of the uh, hands free. That's where I. Are I, you I, on? Yeah. Are you on Cool 108? I don't think so. No, but no, no. Is there there you hear you like to bring up, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the morning shows in those places? You ever heard the morning shows? Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> well, we hear you on one of those other ones that we listen to. Right? Yeah, I hear you on another station, too. Because I want to get certain stations in the garage. Everything in St. Cloud. I'm on every station. Yes. I was up. You have some billboards up in there. We do. Yeah, I've seen your billboards up there. You know who was the weekend nighttime disc jockey at KCLD back? in the day. Who was that? You. No. Somebody you know, though. I know lots of people. Is it Pat? <laughs> was the, was the, uh, the overnight person on weekends at KCLD in St. Cloud. Drove up there every, lived in Maple Grove, drove up there every weekend and drove back every, the next morning. Dave Mordahl. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. Dave Mordahl. Initials are KB. Catherine... You got Brant. it. Really? Really? Catherine was the overnight person at KCLD. I no wow. Idea. Weekends. wow. I didn't yep. know that. Yeah. That was before you guys were born. I guess. Well, it could, well, could have been before you were born. You were a little kid, though. She got. She went that there for the before? weekend? No, she would go up and come back. It's oh, only, from up there, it's only about a 50 It was before we were born. Oh, yeah. That's, it's in her LinkedIn oh. profile. Wow. <laughs> 82 to 84. It yeah. is in her... Yep. Oh, so, so it was you before like, you were born. Did you like yeah. Bigfooter career and she could be like huge right now? But yes, instead, he totally did. She used to write, bits. She used to write bits for Actually, KQ. And she would, she, she, when I started at KQ, she was a producer there and couldn't mm-hmm. stand the people, so she quit. <laughs> okay. That's of you. He said she should be barefoot and pregnant, and that was the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I go for big with Catherine. Have you met Catherine? No, that's why it was a good joke. <laughs> That's not happening. Yet. So yeah, she was. So she was up there, eighty two, eighty three, eighty four. So it was before Andy was even born. Yeah. So I wasn't on the radio then. She yeah, she wouldn't have gone doing, to St. Cloud with two little kids at home no, for overnight. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. But I didn't even realize that that was God. That was that long ago. Eighty two. Seems like yes. She was good on the air too. She was. She was very good. But yeah, she was a writer and producer on the KQ Morning Show on the first really? day. Really? Well, she, she does some podcast work, I heard. I was going to say, so, you can tune in. Whenever she feels like it. She's actually very good on the podcast. Yeah. Whenever she feels like it, she does. She's Andy's here, trying to find she's clips. Here I don't think any exist. Oh, they got to be clips of Catherine on KCLD. I bet you they, they have so. them It'd be funny there. if she like uses a really faint that was, voice. That was like saying, knock, That was way free computer, though. Catherine using a throat voice. doesn't exist. They would have to have kept all those giant reels yeah, all this pre- time, pre- and I computer. doubt no. they did. I had old yeah. Catherine Bryant here. I was going out there in St. Cloud Lab. Oh Overnight? She, she probably was just like, no one's listening. No. Why am I even here? What a nice thought. Overnight audience at KCLD. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, I was just doing voiceover then. I, didn't, hmm. I wasn't even in radio back then. Voiceover. So. You know what is really annoying? What? The whole voiceover and like commercial world now, it's celebrities that already have so much flipping money. Well, they ruined the business. So yeah, did, it's right? like Dennis Quaid is doing e-surrants I know, it's commercials. Like, what, what it's like Dennis need? Quaid, <laughs> really? You know what? You know what? I, you know what I, I don't think you need any more money, you know Dennis what, Quaid. Do you know what a syndicated commercial pays? 
a lot. Nothing anymore. Millions and millions of dollars. Oh, those, yeah. Yeah. You mean national? I know, network but he doesn't need. Syndicated. Yeah, syndicated. But he doesn't need any more money. money. Yeah. No, millions he doesn't. And millions but, and millions. Yeah, he doesn't well, need any more money. Is what I'm but saying. The, 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 the industry now only takes A-listers or nobodies. But that's what I'm so saying. They can that's pay them three thousand dollars and go bye bye. That's like exactly my cousin right. did a Candy Crush commercial. He got four grand. A Candy Crush. Bye bye. And that's that's they take nobodies or it's A-listers. I know, which is really dumb because it's like if somebody if it was like me, I want to do voiceover. No, because you're. It's, it's over. either Lady Gaga or yeah. you. It's over. Yeah. It's, well, to be me, fair, he looks really old. So Dennis Quaid. Yeah. All of a sudden, he He's just fine. looks super old. <laughs> so a friend of mine was that's their the, nanny. That's if I uh, most likely Caritano, I'd be getting really pissed off about now because he's been on the hold now oh, for about geez. two minutes. Oh wow. Well. Oh, but you I guys didn't stop summering. Nobody said we had a guest. I don't, yeah. Nobody. There was no light on. There no. was no way. Nobody said there was no. Is there a light that's supposed to be on? Acknowledgement. Christopher, how are you? Apparently, there's supposed to be a light on. I didn't know that. I'm doing well. How are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. How about on your end? Okay. Uh, I can hear you pretty good. Magnificent. Strange World award-winning independent filmmaker Christopher Garitano. Is that how you say your last name, I hope? Yes, it is. Marvelous. Christopher Garitano dives into America's scariest conspiracy theories and bewildering mysteries. Now, I want to stop right there. Scariest conspiracy theories. They're all pretty scary to me, I'll tell you that, Christopher. Uh, what? Likewise. I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in regard to scary conspiracies, you know, there was one that I, I started with uh, over a decade ago, and it was this legend uh, surrounding the Camp Hero Air Force Station in Montauk, New York. And I didn't I didn't believe anything that was said at first. I just thought it would be interesting to interview these elderly men uh, telling tall tales. And then um, as I went forward, I learned about things like Holmesburg Prison and MK Ultra and all these other things that were actually proven to be true. And it, you know, shifted my paradigm. How I saw things. Uh, my whole perspective changed on this stuff. You know, a lot of this stuff I, you know, originally thought was just fun to talk about, you know, uh, speculate if it was true or not. It was the suspense of that. But then when I started to realize, you know, some of this stuff really is true, I, uh, that was the thing that ignited my, um, you know, as an adult exploring these things that ignited my interest. It was the fact that these things could be true. Changes your whole perspective on, uh, on your daily life. Yeah, I would imagine that. So the fact that you found out they could be true, not that they necessarily were, but they could be true. Sure. Well, that they could be true. It's the journey. I think a right, lot of right. um, a, a lot of investigations in terms of entertainment go wrong sometimes because it's always like, okay, can we find evidence? Yeah, I, I mean, that, that part of that journey is important, and you do want to find some kind of evidence, but I think what's exciting for the audience a lot of the time is, is the journey getting there. Uh, and if we can make that interesting and we can try to, you know, explore tangible things, historical fact, coupled with, you know, how wild these mysteries can be. Uh, you know, I, we have eight episodes of this show and um, I do touch upon Camp Hero in the first one. But then, you know, towards the end of the episode, we actually start exploring some technology that was developed that's almost tantamount to the stuff in the legend. So it's just showing you. Well, you know, if I can't prove this legend, there is something that's very similar that we can look at, that we can experiment with, and a lot of people aren't aware of this stuff. Well, because it's got well, it's gotten more and more popular in the last what five to ten years, something like that. It's it's really blown up a lot, hasn't it? 
In regard to conspiratorial what, stuff? Well, and in regard to people's interest in it. In people's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we're, I, I think, yeah, conspiracies, I think the one that before it really got wild, like to where it is now, the one that people were truly interested in was the Kennedy assassination. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, way back when Oliver Stone made JFK and even before that. But I think when, when Stone made JFK, because it mainly focused on the conspiracy, that's mm-hmm. when that, I think, idea solidified in, in, in people's interest. Like, usually it was, you know, m- you know, several of the basic food groups of the paranormal that people would be interested yeah. in, whether it be cryptozoology or hauntings or whatever, UFOs. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it got popular after JFK. So do you start with places that you already believe there's evidence for, or is any of it going into places to decide whether or not it exists or whether or not there's truth to it? I, I think we start with a series of factual events that surround a mysterious case. And in other words, let's say, yeah, I, think, I believe it's our uh, second episode or our fourth episode. Uh, I think it's been switched. But the James Dean uh, crash, the mystery surrounding that, there's, there are a series of factual events that happened in that that you can't deny. And the reason behind it is what we explore. I can't say exactly why it happened. We just know that he was in a crash that there were people that experienced things with parts of that car after the crash. Other people died. Yeah. So it was, it, it, it's an odd series of events that are very curious, sparks the imagination. It's fun to explore, but at the same time, I think we learned something about um, other planes of existence, perhaps. You know, uh, you know this is, these are the things we explore in the show. Fears of technology, fears of the future. We shift gears every episode, and that was always the idea. You know, we wanted to have a variety, so it's never the it's never this repetitive thing every episode. We always try and change the mystery or change the interest. We have an episode about artificial intelligence. You know, we talk to scientists, we talk to engineers, we talk to legit people. So it's a very different type of show. Cool. I love the whole idea of conspiracy, conspiracy theories. One thing that's been brought up quite often recently is that uh, the United States of America is hiding aliens in Area 51. And, and then you look at other things the government does and completely screws them up, but they're really good at hiding aliens. I'm like, what? You know? I, yeah, I, I, you know, okay, so in that, I, and I've thought about that, of course. I mean, look, we're living you know, on a rock in the middle of space, essentially. And uh, the, gr- the most brilliant minds confirm that we have an infinite amount of galaxies with an infinite amount of solar systems, billions and billions of them. Uh, so probability tells us there is another Earth-like planet or another planet that, that can sustain or has sustained life and perhaps intelligent life. So I start there. Now, did they come here? Ah, there's some things that could support that mm-hmm. and i think that's what people are celebrating when they explore these mysteries but i frankly i think a lot of people enjoy the the mystery behind it if we sure. revealed tomorrow that we had neighbors and then we started communicating with them it wouldn't be as exciting anymore i mean i think there would be a new level of excitement because now we're discovering this whole new thing about us and about the universe but um but we wouldn't i think the the mystery that we have now is the wonder and these shows and stuff like that would would dissipate. They would go away. It would be a thing of the past. wouldn't exist anymore. No, so I think a lot of people truly enjoy the fact that these things are hidden, even though they might not admit it. I think, that, well, that's how I am, and I know that's how I am. I would rather, as far as Area 51 is concerned and that whole idea, 
I'd rather we never find out because it's, as you said, it's much more interesting and, and semi-exciting because I don't know. I kind of like not knowing some things. Likewise. Yeah, even with the uh, the whole Bigfoot thing, I yeah, think it should be yeah. kept a mystery <laughs> if it does exist. Bigfoot's and, you know, real. in both cases, yeah, even the case of UFOs, you have a lot of legit credible people over the years that claim they've encountered these odd craft. You know, a lot of astrophysicists, astronauts, scientists, you know, military guys. It's not just, you know, people who uh, were standing in their backyard. However, a lot right. of those people are credible, too. My favorite, and I like to talk about this quite often, Jonathan Winters, the great comedian, right? Yes. Jonathan Winters comes out on The Tonight Show, and he's pretending to be a ufologist, or, you know, he's a, he's a believer in, in, in alien beings and all the rest of it. And he walks out on stage, and one of the guys asks him, so when did you first see the aliens? And Jonathan Winters said, well, I was taking the beer cans out to the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I love that joke. And, and and that's the thing when you're exploring these mysteries, you do meet a lot of colorful people across, oh, yeah. you know, along the way. Uh, and I love hearing their stories. And that's how it started for me. Even making uh, the Montauk Chronicles documentary way back, it yeah. was, um, that was that's what it was about. I wanted to see these old guys tell me some. You know, I want to hear I want to hear their stories. I want to hear this 80 year old man tell me a story of uh, aliens and underground bases and. You know, it was just enjoyable. But then it's like as I looked into the facts surrounding other cases, it was shocking uh, because I didn't know programs like MK Ultra and um, and Holmesburg Prison existed. So then you wonder: Is this guy telling me the truth? Mm-hmm. And that's that's uh, that that's what kept me going all this time. I think it's wonderful. I, I one thing I don't understand, Christopher. We're talking to Christopher Garitano. Uh, award-winning independent filmmaker Christopher Garitano dives into America's scariest conspiracy theories and bewildering mysteries. A Strange World premieres this Sunday at 9 o'clock Central Time, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern Time on Travel Channel, which is doing a great job, by the way. Travel Channel is doing a really oh. nice job. Yeah, they are. They, they have some great programs coming up, and um, the support they gave us and encouragement, uh, you know, with something fresh. It's very new. It's a new format. I mean, yeah. I, I loved... Leonard Nimoy's in search of, you know, watching reruns yeah, growing yep, up yep. and um, Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. And I felt like a lot of the modern programming lost that mystery. And it was all kind of like a bunch of guys running around a house looking for right. devices, which is fine and all. And I know a lot of people love that. But I think we le- we missed the atmosphere that that needs to come back. And I feel like we brought that back with Strange World. I think it's true. Why do you think it is, Christopher, that people want to believe that there are human beings, but inside that outer human shell is a lizard or a reptile. Why is it always a reptile? I don't get that. <laughs> well, I've heard a lot about this, almost too much. And um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I can't tell you that I, I believe any of that or even want to. But I think people look back at old texts and old literature and... Um, you know, they start to fill in the blanks. And yeah. sometimes I think yeah. they want to believe that, you know, fantasy is reality. And in many cases it is. So it's it, it, it's an odd situation. It's like we have a mixture of conjecture, lies, and then some very odd truth. And I suppose the, uh, the excitement is, you know, the exciting part of this is to kind of find out what is true. And a lot of the times the truth is stranger than any of these other things. 
I love this paragraph in the descriptor. Over the course of eight hour-long episodes, Garitano will immerse himself in the world of the weird and bizarre, exploring everything from the alleged curse of James Dean's death car, Little Bastard, to the extraordinary and unexplained disappearances on California's Mount Shasta, to the legend of Poly- is it Polybius? Mm-hmm. Yes, Polybius. A 1980s arcade game supposedly created as a mind control experiment gone among. Is, oh, I don't know. Andy, you know about this? I do. Oh, so I want, I want to hear you and Christopher talk about this. That's fascinating. <laughs> so, okay. okay, The Legend of Polybius surfaced in Portland, Oregon in the early 80s. And the idea was that some odd secret government faction or some other organization was covertly planting. Uh, mind control devices in an undeveloped or untrademarked video game called Polybius, and that it was placed in these arcades. Kids would play them. It would mess with their minds and uh, induce horrible dreams, seizures, make them angry. And they say, or legend says, that this was an early test phase for a mass mind control project that eventually would be implemented into home gaming systems. And... Uh, what we explored in the episode, I think, and what we found that's factual is even much more terrifying than a legend, in my opinion. I think it's wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Garitano, Sunday, August 11th, 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern Time on Travel Channel. Great stuff, Christopher. I'll be watching, I guarantee. I love this stuff. Thank you so much. It's great talking to you, sir. Have a great day. Likewise. Thank you. Christopher Garitano, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me, too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. I still never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Uh, you've entered a zone or something. <laughs> <laughs> or or something. Okay. A zone? What was it? 
The Twilight Song. Didn't he die at like 54 or something? He died young, didn't he? They were good shows, though. I love oh. The Twilight Song. Yeah, there were some, good, there were some good, good episodes. Yes. Hearing this music, it would make your hair stand on end. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, it's time I know every time. It's like, It's like, Rod Sterling died at the age. Serling died at the age of 50. Yeah. Yeah. Guessing from smoking because yeah. he was yeah. literally always smoking. He yep, was, he was a he, heavy smoker. He smoked on the show. Is yeah, that... he smoked on the show. He, he smoked did. three oh, to yeah. four packs a day. Jeez. Oh, who hasn't yeah. done that? You'd yeah. see him walking around with a cigarette in the black and white. Yep, and puffs of smoke. Oh my God. <laughs> what is that show that you mentioned to me? That oh, came it's called out? Let's Make let's a Deal. Tell, let's tell stories. Or tell me a story. That's what it's called. Tell me, do you have it recorded? It's on Showtime. Oh, okay. So when the kids time. and I are over tell and me they a go story. to bed. When are you coming over? Dan leaves next Saturday. Not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday. So you're going to be with us for six days? I think so, yeah. I mean, no, great. <laughs> I can just stay. No, at kids my aren't house. Yeah, the kids aren't allowed house. in the house, though. They don't to That's right. They got to stay all night. Yeah, they only go in the garage. Yeah, it's so all my true. kids don't just like grab random things and throw them mm. off and break everything. Many people don't so know this. We were anyway. talking about Rod Serling and uh, Twilight Zone. He was a decorated uh, war hero in World really? War II. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. He was a tiny guy too. He was about five three, I think. Really? Yeah, he was five foot three. Something I know. Like that. I can. Remember, I can remember him smoking though. Every oh, yeah. time you saw him, he's smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing Speaking people. Speaking of decorated war heroes, <laughs> it is Purple Heart Day apparently. Purple, is it Purple Heart, Heart Day. Day. And your children have a lovely grandpa that is a Purple Heart. Mm-hmm. He from getting yeah, stabbed right. in the butt. <laughs> he didn't get stabbed in the butt. <laughs> he yeah, got stabbed in the butt in hand-to-hand combat. Who That's stabbed how him he, in the butt? He was in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> uh, some German. And he got stabbed in the butt. Some German. Some and that's crowd. how he got his purple heart. I did not know that. Yep. Butt stab. No that's how Forrest Gump stab. got his purple heart because he got shot in the butt. He yep. got shot in the butt. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it happens all the time. Both great men. Mm-hmm. Both. <laughs> yes. Both great men. There's no question about it. No doubt about it. I love this story and I don't even know why because it's so psychotic. You love psychotic stories. I get, I get, because this even came, I didn't even know about this till I asked the question, because I was at the Twins game on Sunday with Catherine and Steve and Tatiana from Sabre, and they did the anthem, and I looked around, and all the men had their hats off, but the women didn't. And I've never noticed that before, but apparently, for some reason, women don't have to remove their hats I always for the do. national anthem. I don't usually wear hats yeah, to like hat things wearer, yeah. like I do when I'm running and if right. I'm out walking and right. stuff like that. But I don't like for fashion, and but I wear hats to Twins games because like I'll wear a Twins hat, but I always take it off during. I do too. know why. Why? Because our hair looks. <laughs> I know we get terrible. Hair. Um, <laughs> because actually, it used to be a thing for women to cover their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually oh, in church, more, I knew that. yeah, in yeah. church and yeah. in in certain areas. So that's probably why it's probably a passed on thing that nobody knows why they do it anymore. But yeah, in churches and stuff, you used to have to women used to cover their heads and mm-hmm. men couldn't. Oh yeah, still my, still the case in a lot of countries. You go to church, you have to yeah. women have to cover their head. Yeah, my grandma's got a few fancy church hats. Yeah, yep. You know, from being from the south. Do? Yep. So I'm sure it's just a passed-on thing that nobody yeah, thinks about anymore. Hmm. 
I didn't know. So they don't, because I've never noticed that women didn't remove their hats before. But all those traditions are I going always out have the removed yeah. my hat. Yeah. I do because I was just like, everyone else does. So I don't want to yeah. yeah. well, be like, the only one wearing my hat. Like, she removing just, her hat. How disrespectful. Yeah, it seems like a sign of respect to yeah. me. Yeah. You think? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I always remove my hat. Like if I was to go to church or something, I would always remove my hat. But I guess you're not supposed to do that either. Well, this is like an old, like a very, very, I mean, from like Bible, like times. I think the last time I went somewhere <laughs> well, and they told me you couldn't wear a hat was the Breakers Hotel bar. There you go, and baby. they said, you can't, have, you can't wear a hat. So, okay, I take my hat off. And they go, oh, that's worse. <laughs> they did not. No, no. And then I called, I asked them about, they had like a tapestry on the wall in the Breakers Hotel, in that bar. And I called it a rug, and they got all mad. It is a rug. <laughs> I know. Tell them to settle down. It and is then, a rug. And then I'm out by the pool, and they come out, and they told me no cell phones. I'm like, are you... And I wasn't talking on the cell phone. I was just looking at my cell phone. And they said, oh, sir, sir there's no cell phones no, allowed, allowed on the property. When right. was this? Because we were just I'm getting there. to the point. I hate has computers. No cell what is this now? This oh, just popped still. up on my screen. Now what? It just popped Can you up. Exit out of it? No, I can't. I clicked on this thing and it just popped it up. Yeah, if you're at the I pool, the breakers did. doesn't no work uh, at all. Mm. What yeah. the hell is that now? We were just there last year and it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andy had his phone up on Windows operating <laughs> system alert because he always does. You have to sign in. Yeah, because that's login. That's how he does that my login a, stuff. That or it's a phishing pop-up. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Fishing. It's a phishing pop-up. I can't get rid of it. I'll be able to fishing. tell you by looking at it. Fishing. I already tried. I can't do it. Right Andy, you're gonna have to fix it because yeah. I'm screwed. Poor Daisy. Computers. Computer, Peter, Peter. They are a double-edged sword. Uh, yeah, that does not, no, that's not real at all. Yeah. Okay, what are you going to do with your hands? Yeah, I'm so popular, they're trying to steal my information. <laughs> Control-Alt-Delete. No, Control, yes, Alt, yesterday delete. somebody messaged me that I don't know. Oh, really? Just, just saying it. hi. I hate on, that so on, on Facebook. And then I didn't answer it. Then I went to look at the message again to see who the person was. And somehow my phone sent them my whole photo gallery. Oh, really? Yes. So weird. Wait a minute. Run yes. that by me again. What happened? Somebody messaged me and said, hi, Nick. And, and then I uh, didn't respond. And then later that night when I went home, I went to look at it. And there was all a, a square of my photo gallery. And I clicked. And you could go through my whole photo gallery on my phone. It huh. sent her my whole I photo gallery. that. Huh. Well, how did you know it was a woman? Because I looked her up. She's a, man, she's a neighbor. A neighbor? But I don't know her. I've never met her. Oh, that's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? Weird. But, but it's, it's sent her my whole photo gallery. Luckily, there's nothing in there, but, you know, dumb pictures that I take. In other things, news. But... Your wiener picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, Daisy. we got to take a break. We'll be right back in just a couple of seconds with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. 
We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Put me in, coach. That's all I know. Cassie does this to me because there is no bigger Minnesota Twins fan than your boy. Have been since I was nine years old. They better win today, Candy. They better win. Where it. are the Twins right now? <laughs> they're at home. Where they're sitting. They're three and a half up on Cleveland. Uh, the Beat Atlanta in the first game, lost the second game, got hammered yesterday. Barrios had a bad outing. Uh, but there's a, a game that just, matter of fact, that started, uh, so what, what, 45 what minutes? What place ago. are they in? They're in first place by three and a half games over Cleveland. So that's they're sitting good then. They would have been better off, but I blame it on Candy Picard. But they're it's still Candy sitting, Picard. They're still sitting good. <laughs> yeah, they're in great shape. They are indeed. Candy, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Marvelous. Minnesota Twins hosted National Health Event to include children with disabilities on Tuesday, August 6th, just yesterday. Candy Picard, interim president. What do you mean interim president? I told you to take over. Why? It's not interim, well, is it? Well, it's kind of changed a little bit. They gave me the permanent role, so I am the president. Okay, good. I, uh, I tried to talk to him and said, listen, make her the president. There's <laughs> going to be trouble. Candy Picard, president and CEO of National Down Syndrome Society. This is a great event. I want to hear all about the event. Well, it's really exciting. We were really thrilled yesterday to be at Target Field and working with, um, you know, the Professional Baseball Athletic Trainer Society. So to tell you a little bit about, you know, the event itself, is it's called a play event, which play stands for promoting a lifetime of activity for youth. And it's a public awareness campaign put on by PBATS in conjunction with the Ruderman Family Foundation, ourselves here at the National Down Syndrome Society, Taylor Hoot Foundation, and then Henry Kierschein Foundation. Um, and we're really excited because we worked with the Twins athletic training staff under head athletic trainer Tony Leo and hosted mm-hmm. kids from, you know, here in the Minneapolis area and with a fully inclusive on-the-field on sports health and wellness clinic yesterday. And it was fantastic. Yeah, i got to tell you something. I'm very serious about this. Um, whenever I would go to an event with the Vikings or the Twins or, you know, whomever it was, the, the, the Wild, the Timberwolves, and they would have – children with down syndrome on the field you will never ever see a happier human being on earth than a down syndrome child on a on an athletic field they just love that or at least the ones that i've seen have well yesterday was no different i mean it was great to be with you know just you know everybody i mean all ages i mean we went from ages eight to about 17 yesterday that took part in the campaign 
And, you know, again, it was fully inclusive. They got to run the bases. They got to do some, you know, hitting out in the field with even a couple of the twins players. And it was just such a special, you know, opportunity to be on the field as it is, but just to have that, that clinic environment with the twins. The Twins are really good about Well, I think, to tell you the truth, all the teams in Minnesota are really good about this kind of thing. But the Twins do step up, and they're really, really particularly uh, helpful. And, and they're open to pretty much anything uh, like this, which I, I really enjoy. We, there was nothing like this when I was a little kid. They didn't do these things at uh, you know, th- athletic events or whatever. When, when did that start, actually, where teams stepped up and said, no, we need to, we need to support this? When did that happen? Yeah, we really we started this in 2004, um, and it was really again just to kind of create some awareness around some health issues. But then, you know, the Professional Baseball Athletic Trainer Society really looked at it and understood that not only to you know really look at child health and promoting a healthy healthy living, but you know disability inclusion and how it can really make a difference from a young age going forward in America. I do love the fact, and we talk about this quite often on, on the morning show that. No matter what the situation is, if everybody's treated the same, that to me, I think, is so wonderful. It just every doesn't matter what it is, what it's all about. Everybody gets treated just like a human being. I, I really like those events a lot. Well, we love it. I mean, I think that, you know, our goal is to really change America's perception about the value of people with disability and by working together with, you know, PBATS and the Ruderman Foundation and, and the other groups that we work for, I think that the baseball's rich history of players with disability and, you know, looking at how we can become a fully inclusive community as a whole and how businesses and families can embrace that. You know, it's really funny about this. Uh, and I, and I'm very proud of this. I'm very, very happy in North Minneapolis where I grew up, you know, it was always known as a pretty rough area and very poor area and all the rest of it. But if any kid or any person had a disability, there were guys in the neighborhood that would go around to any newcomers and say, you see those people over there? You bother them or pick on them, I will beat you mm. to a pulp. <laughs> it was wonderful. They were protected in my neighborhood. Anybody with, with I don't know, they, it used to be called special needs at that point, I guess. Yeah. But anybody like that, the older guys in my neighborhood always made sure that they were left alone and treated with respect. I, I absolutely loved thinking back on that. Well, I love that. And, and myself, I'm a parent. I have a seven-year-old son with Down syndrome that is getting ready to start first grade. Oh, and yeah. To look how, yeah, to look how far we've come, you know, within the disability community and making that inclusive environment. And I think that, you know, Minnesota as a whole and Minneapolis is very progressive in their thoughts and really making that change happen for, for families. So who do you work with at the Twins uh, to set this whole thing up? So we work directly with Tony Leo, the head athletic. Oh, that's trainer. right. You did say that. Um, yep. And with their, yep. yeah, with their community relations team, which is fantastic over there. And you know, we plan on being back again next year and and doing this again and making it bigger and better. Did you work with Marnie at all? The TV woman. Uh, she does a lot of TV work for the Twins. She is as good as it gets. A very yeah. very nice. They were their all, entire team. Yeah, you're right. It's everybody over there. So did you have fun? No, that's what I want to know. I know everybody else had fun. Did you have fun? Oh, my gosh. It's the best day. I always laugh because, you know, our team fights over who gets to go to these events <laughs> and who gets to, like, experience it. And I'm like, well, I get to go to a couple of them. So, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, so I have to laugh that they said yesterday to me, they said, you know, have you been to Target Field? And showing my age here a little bit, Tom, I said, the last time I watched the Twins and the Brewers play was when County Stadium was still, oh my um, God. you know, up and running. So, 
for me, it was it was a thrill and just really being with the community and being with you know some of our folks. I think you know we had a couple of families that drove down from Duluth just to participate and be yeah, part of this. So it was really that's... special. So I'm not going to bring up the Packers at all. Forget it, Candy. It's not coming up. It <laughs> <laughs> starts they do, they do They do show you good hospitality, though, if you do something at, do. The, at the stadium. They do. They got good cheese, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they – I, I threw the first pitch out for the Twins a couple of times, and Joe Pollard took me everywhere in the stadium. And, oh, he did? Oh, yeah, everywhere. Got they take, to go they the usually take room. me to the exit. That's where they take me. <laughs> Went down to the team out. room. and they, they, show, they have good hospitality. They do. They do a really nice wow. job. I don't. I don't think they've. The Twins have ever said no. We can't do it. I, look, if they already have an event that day, it's not going to work. But the Twins are amenable to all these things. I think the Vikings, the Timberwolves, the Wild, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I, University of Minnesota. I'm sure these people are all pretty easy to work with, aren't they, Candy? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know everybody embraces these opportunities to really you know provide awareness for for our community, but also you know on a on a larger level, which is really which is really special, and I think it really kind of leads other other groups to do the same thing. All right. You can't lie to me here. Did you take batting practice? We did not. We They did it off a tee. We had um, uh, Zach Littell that kind of did some little mm-hmm. overhand pitching to the kids, which was pretty fun for them. Now, I'm talking about you personally, Candy. Did you try to hit the ball off the tee? <laughs> no, I did not. I mean, you had some, you know, you had some <laughs> people that were really batting up there. I didn't want to get up there and, you know – not hit at all, you know, give a whiff. <laughs> Just get up there and whiff at the <laughs> tee ball. Yeah, that would have been really good, Candy. That would have been a little embarrassing on target field to do that. Ah, to be one of a, You know what's so great, Candy? Just the, the sound of your voice. You're so happy about the event. You're happy uh, just as a, uh, you know, a parent and all the rest of it. It's, it's nice to hear the tone of your voice. You just, you loved it, and I can tell you loved it. Absolutely. No, we're grateful for, for the support of the Twins and, and really the entire Minneapolis community. Are you going to continue to do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. No. It's something that we will continue to do as long as they invite us back. God, President Picard. When the last Picard was only like a lieutenant, wasn't it? Wasn't it Lieutenant Picard? Yeah. Captain. So, right? Cap- oh, it was Captain yeah, Picard. Captain yeah, Picard. Captain Picard. So no, you're President Picard. You passed him by. Well, he eventually got promoted no. to Admiral, though. Oh, he was Admiral Picard after a while, did he? I didn't realize that. That's so funny. Okay, big shot. This is all I know. President Picard, Candy Picard, thank you so much for your time. What a great, great conversation. It makes me happy that you're happy because there's so much arguing and barking at each other in the world right now. This is a wonderful, wonderful time to spend together. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you both. Thank you all. Have a great day. Bye. Candy Picard. You too. Bye-bye. Minnesota Twins hosted national health event to include children with disabilities on Tuesday, August 6th. The key in that sentence is included the children. Include the children. This is not a situation where, oh, it's special and this is special. They're treated like everybody else. They're treated like human beings, and that's what I really like a lot. My uncle was the regional director for the Special Olympics. Oh, and really? he, was, I didn't know that. he started oh. his career in education with kids with Down syndrome and special needs. And he says they are the most loving and just downright good people. Because they, it's not that they're naive. They just don't let things. They don't let stuff get to them. That's no, true. they're just happy. They're just happy to be where they're at. And, you know, if you ever want joy in your life, reach out to a group of kids like yeah. that and, and help them and work with them. And it's very fulfilling i could tell you that because i've been around uh, yeah, a lot with, with special needs kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i did 
kids with problems, like drug mm-hmm. problems. Oh, drug problems. That's well, a different, it wasn't, it that's wasn't a different story, that brother. Re- yeah. No. <laughs> that rewarding. That's it was actually depressing. Yeah. And then I did the Olympics in Minnesota the, for uh, disability. There's people missing arms and legs. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. the skiing, it was all skiing. They were all skiing. Oh, yeah. So, and uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. I took them all to to a, a, a basketball game to Target Center, and they were like right in their wheelchairs, like right up the escalator, and like, oh, they, yeah. like they got it all down to science. But Let me tell you about that the, was pretty rewarding. Tell you about the disability scooter in the winter. My story. <laughs> Several years ago, I'm walking down the street, and there's a little. Well, it's not a little incline. It was quite an incline up the street. And there was a woman on a disability scooter, and the wheels just kept spinning. It was just too slippery. She couldn't get up the hill, right? And it was kind of a melty day, but there was still ice enough where she couldn't get up the hill. So I said, well, just, you know, you can accelerate a little bit, and I'll push you up the hill. You get to the top of the hill, you're good to go. Everything's wonderful. So I push her up the hill, and she's accelerating just a little bit, and we're about, about 10, 15 feet from the top of the hill. It's pretty slushy. She guns it and sprays me from head to toe <laughs> with mud. Didn't even turn around, just kept right on that, going. That's, that's no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> exactly. She covered me in mud. I and will she never, never even looked back. <laughs> never even looked back. <laughs> that reminds me of Dumb and Dumber. When yeah, he goes to right. help that lady and she ends up stealing all of his stuff. And she's on a scooter. <laughs> no, good de- you know. no good deed goes unpunished anymore. That's pretty much the deal, isn't it? Sad. I don't believe that. It really is sad. You don't believe it's true, Alan? Not for a second. So you think people are actually good? Yep. Maybe, I think ninety-five percent people what are good. What city are you living in? <laughs> Bloomington, Minnesota. Well, in my whole life, I've just been found that most people are good. Yeah. Well, up where we live, it's that way. But in the city, I just if I, city, I've traveled, I've done lots. I yeah. Most Let me people just warn I come both in contact you. with. Your okay. Watch your head. Watch your back. Both. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know. No, I do think, nah, not 95%. I would say 90% of people are good, and, and there are 5% on one side and 5% on the other side that are horrible human beings. Yeah, there are horrible right. human beings, for yeah. sure. I think I right think now, it's, it's, most people don't even want to get involved at all. They don't even want to talk no. to you. They don't want to just look true. at you. They don't yep. want to do anything. That's very true, unfortunately. Yeah. They won't even make eye contact. You're oh, right. in the city, no way. They will Head, not do they, it. They wear the big headphones, and they have their hand, one hand like this and their cell phone like this, so they block both sides of their face. No, that's so and sad. they just walk in a straight line with their head down. Yep. They won't even say hello to anyone. The only upside of that, they're really easy to punch. Because I can't see it coming. And I just oh talked God. to somebody who just, just ignored it. It's true. No, that's true. That's true. I just talked to somebody who just moved to the suburbs, too, and they said, we moved to the suburbs thinking that we would be friends with their neighbors and stuff. They mm-hmm. said, nobody even talks to you. Nope. They pull right in their garage and close the door. Yeah, they do. That's pretty much <laughs> there, We live in a cul-de-sac where you it's like a, nice a very, very quiet neighborhood. People don't go in it unless they live there. It's very nice. And there's probably six houses where the people are out in their yards they want to talk to you they'll talk to you for like two hours when you're just trying right. to walk your dog kind of thing and then everybody else is yeah kind of keeps to themselves i just love that one neighbor you have that's down with the homies he's never even seen a black person <laughs> what are you talking about the person that oh the person that has the black lives matter black sign. lives oh, matter yeah. and blessed ramadan oh, that's, out in the middle yeah. of nowhere yeah. Like, what? I know. It's like there's okay. a lot of those in South Minneapolis. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. We get it. You're woke. Thank you. Yeah, you're woke. We Everyone's understand. welcome here. 
Yeah, everyone's like, well. I want to go okay. knock on the door and yeah. ask if I can use the restroom. <laughs> can I move in with you? I need a place to so stay. I almost wanted you to say, can I use your crapper? I know, I see the all are welcome here, and I'm like, not really. I don't want, like, uh, murderer, murderers. Yeah, really. No, like, rude people. No thanks. Great guest today. It was a wonderful show. Have a magnificent day. Toodaloo. And to the one guy, I really don't hate L.A. Nick. It was a joke. <laughs> you <laughs> told him that when he saw, at the time, though, didn't you? He didn't know. I just let him believe that it was true. <laughs> it was wonderful. He'll have a friend call you soon. Tom like, <laughs> yeah, Bernard exactly. hates you. We'll talk to you soon with the family.